Hello, hello, and welcome to today's Big Hearted Podcast. Today I'm joined by the beautiful Michelle Meach. I have known Michelle for about eight or nine years now. Michelle was a family daycare educator with our sister business, Rainbow Bridge Family Daycare, and she was just one of those educators that got it. She beautiful environment that she set up for the children she ran a beautiful program and I think from there she went on to be inspired because she did move on from family daycare and went and did her yoga teacher training so from there Michelle then created Exhale which is a wellness coaching business and she also created Exhale Kids and Teens Yoga which is designed to help people live their best Michelle's a qualified Ayurvedic wellness coach, yoga teacher, Reiki master, EFT coach, and of course, an early childhood education professional. She's passionate about supporting children and teens and women through her wellbeing coaching program for women and yoga and wellbeing programs for children, teens and early learning centers, schools, workshops and private classes. Michelle has a mission to inspire all women and children to be connected to their mind, body and spirit and to live a life of vitality, inner peace and high self-worth. So this was a really great conversation, um, A, because I love Michelle and I know you will too, but B, because it touches on a whole lot of things that I think are really important, not just for children, but for educators too, in that we need to prioritise our boundaries around self-care and self-care is so much more than just having a bath and, you know, making a cup of tea and, and treating yourself nicely with a facial and all these things. Deep self-care is much, much more than that. Deep self-care is prioritizing yourself and putting yourself first. And in order to be able to be the best for the children and our own families, we have to be the best for ourselves first. So this was a really great conversation. And Michelle gave us so many hints and tips that we can bring into our practice with the children on the daily basis that will help the children, but also help you. And I know it just seems to be this recurring theme in early childhood right now where people are feeling overwhelmed, they're feeling overstimulated, they're overburdened, they're just tired. The last couple of years has really taken it out of, out of us and our humanness and our ability to show up and not be burnt out and exhausted. So I really hope that you get a lot out of this and that you can apply some of these principles and practices within your own family daycare because I know that they're going to have an incredible benefit, not just for the children, but for you too, because you can't pour from an empty cup. We all know that saying, but it really is true. Like it's superbly true. (laughs) So without further ado, I am going to hand the reins over to Miss Michelle. We will have our wonderful podcast interview and I hope that you get a lot from it. Hello, hello and welcome to the Big Hearted Podcast. My name is Victoria Edmund and I am your host. Our aim here at the Big Hearted Podcast is to nurture a community of heart-centred educators to change the perception and delivery of early childhood education and care in Australia and ultimately around the world. 
We want you to be inspired by our guests and the topics we bring to you to think of new ways of being as an educator. We want you to feel a sense of belonging via this podcast so that you can engage any time of the day or night in any place that suits you. We want you to become an educator that delivers education from the heart, as we believe this is how we create great change within our world. So join us as we discover new ways to inspire each other here on the Big Hearted Podcast. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us. Today, as you've just heard, we have the gorgeous, the beautiful, the effervescent <laughs> Miss Michelle from Kids Yoga. So everybody's heard about you in our introduction, but do you just want to share a little bit off the cuff and from the heart as to why you do what you do and where you've sort of come from? Okay, sure. Well, thank you for having me, Victoria. Um, I started working with children a long time ago in early childhood and I just noticed as I grew and developed as a person how much children needed these mindful practices in their life. It was something I was really passionate about. It was the way I um, was educating children and it's just something that merged my love of natural therapies. I've always had a love of natural therapies um, and it was something that I had in my life and then I got to a point where I went and studied yoga um, and then I just combined both um, the early childhood and the yoga into what just evolved into this business. I guess like all of us, we get to a point in our lives, I was a really young mum and I was busy and I kind of reached a point of um, burnout myself. So mm. off I went and reflected on my life and did all my yoga training and it just led me to this path and it was just perfect timing really of what I needed to do from for myself and also something that I knew I could bring to the world I mean giving children these tools that we've had to go and learn ourselves at such a young age so that when they they face challenges in their lives then they've got all this great all these great tools to navigate life with and not only that just grow up with them grow up with that self-awareness super important yeah especially Um, now especially now with um, children really needing assistance to work on resilience and I think it's interesting what you were just saying how you know you got burnt out and then you went and learnt these skills on how to regulate yourself more and how to have more patience and um, honouring yourself at whatever age you were, 2021. 20, <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit older. <laughs> but you, it took you however long in your 30s to get there and that's now right. you're sharing those with children at a young age. I think that's so, so remarkable and really very much needed. Yeah, definitely, 100%. And just learning to recognise you know, when you need to take care of yourself, it's a really, really big thing. When to to push through and when to slow down, mm. teaching our children that from a young age is, is super important. Mm. I think too, this, you know, we, we know that um, the world's a different place now. 
and children have access to all different things that we didn't when we were younger. So it's a different world to parent in, to educate in, and it's our job to lead children. And the only way forward for me that I see is with mindfulness and practices that um, encompass every part of the the whole child that Mm. they need Mm. um, every day. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because that's one thing that I am really trying to share with educators and I've sort of taken the approach of step back and let the children do what they need to do without you helicoptering over them. But the benefit of that is that they have more time in their work time to get their work done. That's one of the biggest complaints that educators have is that they just feel so overwhelmed with the requirements but nobody's really talking about how to, like, we can't negate some of them. Some of them are over the top. And I think people need to have the strength of mind to be able to say, actually, I'm not going to do that. That doesn't serve any purpose other than an arbitrary thing box to tick in an office that has no relevance to me or the children. Um, but, but like we need to have this ability to be able to regulate ourselves. So if we're so overwhelmed all the time, the children in our care are going to be picking up on that and be overwhelmed themselves. So I think it's really um, a really great point that you raise about children having these skills now because they will remind us. (laughs) There's a little story when my son was, I don't know, he was just wasn't even fully talking and he kept saying to us for a number of days, tack time, tack time. And we were like, what, I, what is he saying? Like, no idea. And it was when we were in moments of like being frustrated or trying to do something. And it wasn't until I said to him one day when he was frustrated, take your time, mate. And he went, tack time, tack time. And I went, oh, that's what he's been saying to us for, for days now, tack time, tack time. You know, so they absolutely, the children pick up on where we are at emotionally as well. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about how, from your perspective, how that does have an impact on children and what educators can do if they find themselves in those moments where they're a little bit, you know, frustrated? Absolutely. That's a re- it's a really great topic to talk about for educators because, like you said, there is a huge amount of pressure on them. There's little time for themselves. And if you do also go home to children, you know, you're you're go, go, going. And I think also your mind's got so many tabs open all the time as an educator. You're thinking about multiple things, Um, what what you're planning, this child, what that parent told you this morning, huge, Um, that you need yourself to take some time to download that mind so not so many tabs are opened. And then when you're regulated, you're able to approach every situation with calm and love and welcome that child in, um, and then they obviously absorb that. So that's that's really important. I think the best way that they can do that is to incorporate mindful breaks in their classroom in the day. So do it with the children when you're in the classroom. Um, mm. So it's a breathing break. And I'm not sure if you're still teaching the rhythm with Rainbow Bridge of breathing in and breathing out. Yeah. And this is the whole... Um, way that you are starting your day is to breathe in we have breathing moments and we have breathe out moments yeah. really important for a child also important for you so yeah. do some breath work on the mat when you open your day you open you're opening your morning circle time 
trees with the kids. When they're lined up, if you're in a big centre and um, the children are lined up, it's time for us to breathe, to take a big breath in and a big breath out before you even enter that classroom. Ground and centre the children. Listen to the sounds outside of the room, inside the room. Do all that type of mindful sensory experience. The yeah. children will love it anyway. You know, it takes them a while to get to be focused and yep. to do those processes. But we know that the more we do it on repetition every day, it becomes a routine. Yep. Then you're taking that opportunity to take that breath, to take mm. that pause, to drop your shoulders, mm. to remove that tension. <laughs> doing and it now. it's true, see, as soon as someone says to you, Lay your feet ground into the earth. Relax your shoulders. Yeah. Drop your jaw. Yeah. Take a big breath in. I was already doing it before <laughs> you said it. <laughs> it's really, really a beautiful um, way that you can bring mindfulness into the day. I really, I teach people this. It doesn't need to be a big thing. It's not another thing to add a layer of your stress to your life. Mindfulness is just bringing ourselves back to the present constantly. Yeah. Um and there's so many different areas, that, so many different techniques that we can use. But I would say for the educators to start that part of the day um, with a breath and to yeah. stop and pause before pack away time. Let's do our mindful breath again. Yeah. Um, and then you can use all these different breathwork techniques too when it's a rainy day, when it's too hot. There's, some, there's a million different ways you can learn to breathe with the kids. Yeah. Um, to really incorporate that in your day. So breathwork is probably one of the top mindful techniques, I would say, to use throughout the classroom. Yeah. As an educator too, when you drive to work, before you get out of that car, just pause for a moment. Just yeah. pause for a moment and take a breath before you start your day. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, if you're starting to feel really overwhelmed about what's ahead, it's just going to bring you back there and it's not going to, Get your mind going. It's going to keep mm. you nice and, and steady. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because quite often, and, and there was something you said um, that made me think of the being mindful and coming back to the present moment because any time that we're busy thinking about what's coming, it's an unconscious avoidance of the present moment. Anytime we're thinking about something that's happened, it's an unconscious avoidance of being in the present moment. And so if we're a person that's ruminating on the past or worried about something that hasn't happened yet, both of those actions are wasted energy because you can't change what's happened and you have no idea what's coming. So you're worrying about something that hasn't happened yet. And I know a lot of educators can sometimes get caught into that because they're constantly, and it may not be worrying about something that's happening, but it's, you know, thinking, oh, I've got to do this and, oh, I've got to do that and, oh, I've got to get that done. I've got to tick that and I've got to blah, 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 blah. But what they're missing is what's happening right here. And I think it's a really valuable reminder to all of us to just take those breaths. When we find ourselves racing away, come back to the turtle, tortoise, whoever he is in the hare and the tortoise, and, and have that moment to just go, oh, hang on a second. <laughs> That's going to get done in the moment when it's needing to be done. This is where I need to be right now. And stop. And share that with the children because it is, it makes a difference. You know, sometimes the children get wild, they get wound up and it does require that 
you holding that space and bringing it back into that place of peace and calm. So especially with family daycare educators too because you're on your own mm-hmm. and you're responsible for how this is all flowing and if you can manage that just as something to start off with, it's free, it doesn't cost you anything, you can do it anywhere yep. if you're on an excursion you're in the car and the children are bickering mm. let's take a breath absolutely <laughs> and just really incorporate that yeah that's yeah that's more educators in their own home you know taking like I said to do it in the car before you get to work but for for family daycare you can have that moment of mindfulness before they arrive yeah you know whether you turn on the essential oils or you do whatever is connecting to spirit really do whatever you what is right for you and what your beliefs are and just having that moment to sit maybe it might be just on the grass in the sun grounding yourself some people need movement if you're feeling a bit overwhelmed you might need a bit of movement um so whatever that is that will then put you in that nice mindset so when the kids are come you're ready to receive them yeah. And then you're ready for your day ahead. And then again, as I said, take pauses when you have your lunch break, take a pause. And if you're having a day where you're really overwhelmed and you know that's coming through, take the kids outside. Nature's yeah. the best healer for for everybody. Change yeah. up what you're doing. And yeah. this you having your own self-awareness will make your day completely different as an educator and completely different to those children's lives. Because whatever, I don't know how many you've got coming in, four, five, four four coming in from four different families every day. You don't really know what's happened before those four children come in. So they've got their energy. You've got yours. You've got to come together. And this is the great thing about mindfulness. It can bring you together in a really beautiful, connected way. Yeah. I guess that's part of that that morning circle. Bring, Bring the first practice into the morning circle. Yeah. So you can even sing a song and breathe with the song. Yeah. How I yeah. start my kids yoga classes, we sing a song, we're welcoming, and it leads us into a breath. And the kids know it. And they do you do want it. to share your song? <laughs> my welcome to yoga song. Yeah, go on. <laughs> I'm gonna sing for you, Victoria. Okay. Yes, I do. Serenade me. So I used it in all different ways. At the moment, we've been singing this song. We listen to the sound bowl and I tell the children when the sound bowl stops, so they have to come to centre and they have to listen, we're going to put our hands on a part of our body that needs love today. So the song goes, welcome to yoga class, come and find a seat. Relax your body from your head to your feet when you're quiet. Then I know it's time to ring the singing bowl. And I ring it. (laughs) And then we place our hands on our heart after we listen or our head or wherever they find in their body. And obviously, you know, the little ones might scream when the bell chimes, but we're learning. It's a process. So I do that mainly with kids under, under six. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's it's those cues, isn't it? And it is the whole thing of not everyone, you know, is going to join in in a capacity where they're sitting there in a circle, neat and tidy, 
and and like fully engaged some children might be off the mat and a little further away and they might not even be appearing to pay attention but they're taking that in and because they're, they're part always of taking that. in yeah yeah they're part of it and some of them will know the song and just sing the song some of them yeah. wait to hear the sounds and others of them wait to place their hands on their body they yeah. all take something from it it's really yeah. interesting because I can give you a wonderful example of absorb of children absorbing things. Obviously, I have two two girls and they're a lot older now, but they've had this in their life forever. And quite often now they'll be like, Mom, we're not doing yoga, you know, like <laughs> or they'll be like resistant to me because of course I'm mum. But one day I was driving the car and it was really hectic and, and busy um, on the highway, and I pulled off and I said to my daughter, I'm just going to pull off and have a moment that was pretty full on because we've been rushing. And she just started to count me through our breath work. Oh, Inhale, nice. mum, one, two, three. And I couldn't even breathe because I was just so joyed yeah. that she was able to take that cue and go, oh, mum, let's just breathe. And then off we went. Yeah. And life just went on and everything yeah. was great. But yeah. just that she was able to guide me through that breath work. So she's been listening and absorbing and knew exactly when we needed it. So always, always do it. It's the same as keep putting the veggies on the plate concept. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you try it. <laughs> that's right. One yeah. day they'll lean. I, 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 really, I want to circle back to that comment about the, and I've never even put that into content, like thought about it like that before, but um, when you talked about four different children coming from four completely different families and all of that coming into your space, like, oh, I've never even put that into context and, and how to manage that and contain it and hold it until mm -hmm. they acclimatise to your environment. Um, I, I talked about a really dear family to us um, but mum had to have two children at my door at seven o'clock on the dot in order to, and it had to be a quick drop off because then she had to be at work by eight and she was like 45 minutes away. Yeah. So she would come in and like, I would do what you, I talk about this in the essential elements. I would sit for 10, 15 minutes before my day started. I'd get all my things done and then I'd sit and I would think about each child that was coming in for the day and think about, how we were going to have a beautiful day, the things that I wanted to focus on with that child for that day. I'd hold a picture of them in my mind and I would um, just be in total reverence to that little being that was coming to be with me for the day. And I talk about that in the essential elements as a whole section on that. Wow, and awesome. But this mama would come in. So I'd be, you know, I'd had the incense on, the, the music quietly playing. Diva Pamal was one of my favourites. And um, I'd be in that zen, zen zone, you know, and this mama would come in and it was honestly, I'd stand there when she'd gone and be like, oh, <laughs> it's like a hurricane. My kids would be like, here comes Joel, the hurricane. <laughs> yeah. In a loving way, you know, because we'd all yes. be like far out. Wow, that was intense. And I totally understand why she, I don't know how she did it. I, there's no, I can't even get myself out the door by seven o'clock, let alone two children at the kindy ready to go. Like she was it's impressive. Yeah, incredible. And mm. uh, it's a difference in energy. And it is that whole thing of, so what I ended up doing with those children was getting dinner on. 
So they'd help me get the dinner on into the slow cooker or we would make like essential oil blends or we would do quiet, chill-down activities. How good is family daycare? It's so good. <laughs> it's so incredible. But it it, incredible. I never thought of it like that, managing the different energies that, and you're, you're inviting them into your home. So you want to have, and it's totally okay for people to have a boundary around how people enter and exit your home and what the children bring in with them. So I really, really love that idea, that the gathering together. Like I always did it too, but having a consciousness and an awareness around having a purpose behind everything you do is important. And I think that's part of that mindfulness stuff is that, you know, you don't want to do things just for the sake of doing it. There's got to be a part. There's intention. Yeah. 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 I think the wonderful thing about that as well is the ripple effect it creates because 90% of the time children's um, worries or the way their energy is is coming from the home Mm. and that's no judgment against the parents because we're all parents and we know what it's like. Um, But what the children learn, they then take back to their home. Yeah. So when we're teaching them them breath work or we're teaching them a yoga pose or any other type of mindful activity that that I teach, even if it's through a creative way or a song, that goes back home. And when we have sharing circles at the end of yoga as well, I always um, encourage the children to to set to to take what they've learned and to take it back home. So I will say to them oh, you could teach your mum and dad that today. You've loved learning this technique today. Why don't you go home and show mum and dad and teach it to them? Mm. So it's bringing everything we learn back uh, to give it to them to take back out into the world. So when I'm teaching relaxation, do you know you can do this in bed at night when when you can't go to sleep? So it's teaching them the skills for real life. It's not just we just don't do it at yoga. This is life. Yeah. you know, so that that's essentially a really important part of um, of yoga, and even in in early childhood as well, because yes. you're there all the time with them. You have a yeah. massive influence on their life. Well, you can't change what's happening in their life, and nor that you were meant to change anything. But you're you, you're their support. You're their their little lighthouse to guide them during yeah. the day. Yeah, hundred percent. That's a really important thing to note as well. It's it's really interesting, isn't it? Because, and I'm not comparing children to animals. <laughs> Please don't come at me. But it's like when you have a, a dog, you know, and a dog, you've got people that will come in and the dog is just like, no, like yeah, or, or no, afraid of that person. It is, it's that energy. And some people have an energy that's like right out here. For those listening at home, I've got my hands in front of me as far as I can go. Um, <laughs> I, I can remember a time walking um, and it had just been raining and I had this really incredible experience um, and I was walking past a big paddock. There was bush on my left, this big open paddock on the right, and there must have been a natural waterway that ran under the road and I could hear the trickling, trickling water and I stopped and I paused and I was like, wow, doesn't that sound beautiful? And then the bellbirds were going and then there was frogs and then there were little finches and other little tiny birds. And I actually, I was just standing there and I was like, I feel like I'm in one of those nature CDs. Showing <laughs> but, you know, they, where people actually play 
Um, the just one second. I'm just going to pause for a second. Can you? Okay. So sorry for everyone in the uh, podcast world. My dad just came and yeah, interrupted. Anyway, so I felt like I was in this nature CD, and I I stood there for I don't know how long. And was just like, wow, I'm the luckiest person on the face of the earth, like legit the luckiest person on the face of the earth. And, and then I was like, okay, and I kept I kept walking. I, I, I continued with my walk and I got to a hill and it's, we call it Kill Hill for obvious reasons. <laughs> and, and I realised as I was like trudging up the hill, trying to get up the hill and I'm deep breathing and I'm puffing and I'm walking up the hill and then I realised that I was pushing my energy so far out of my body that the animals around me were flying away from me. And I had this massive awareness and I went, oh, wow. And I consciously constricted my energy to be closer to me. Like we all have an energy field going woo-woo people, but Lots of people like it when I do. Um, so, so I consciously pulled my energy in and I noticed the difference. The animals stopped, the birds stopped flying away and, and all that sort of thing, and they just more observed me. And I was like, ah, oh, that's really, you know, really interesting to note. And I had to then slow my walk down because I didn't want to puff so hardcore. I, I just wanted to be in this moment. And it's very interesting because if we're not aware as educators that we might be having issues with our own children uh, or a partner or, you know, uh, a parent that dropped off their child before and said something to you or, you know, you're having this thing happen because, you know, maybe that child's a little bit unwell or whatever is going on, like all the million things that can off-put us and take us out of being in the present moment, like it, we're not giving our best to the children and we're not giving our best to ourselves either when we are pulled off our, our centre like that. And it's the same for children too. They they get that as well. Yeah, and you're just able to move out of your head, back into your body yeah. in a really positive way. Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly what you can do for those kids too. And they get dropped off and that, ex- that example with the the mum that had to do the fast quick imagine what's going in their little minds yeah and get them back down into their physical body for a bit however you want to do that with movement or love or hugs and yeah them out of that worry state yeah because sometimes you can't breathe when you're in that state as well you've got to get that get back into the physical body yeah like you said there is all layers different layers of the body yeah it's true it's interesting, like, I mean, I, I want to talk to you about nervous system as well because I, the chiropractic work that I've done has given me a, a tremendous amount of uh, awareness around the nervous system and the impacts that yeah. general life has on people's nervous system. But one That's of the right. things that go with uh, breathing too is so many people breathe up to here and that That's too. right. Just, just into their chest. Yeah. When really, when you can drop your breath down into your lower belly and yep. it makes you be calm doing that because that's terrible English, Victoria. It makes you feel calm <laughs> when you do that because it actually takes more time to get down there, essentially, but you've got to consciously push it down there until it becomes unconscious that you breathe from there. 
So that's that's an interesting thought process too. So tell me more about nervous system from a, a yoga perspective um, because I think that's interesting and people really could use a lot of assistance or awareness around that themselves. Yeah, so with um, with yoga and your nervous system, I guess, well, with yoga and with the nervous system and breath work, what you're doing is bringing yourself out of that um, sympathetic nervous system where in the flight, fright, free state and back into parasympathetic nervous system. We've probably heard that happen a lot. So I guess um, that's the whole idea of doing the breath work is to regulate the nervous system. Um, and uh, there's many ways your nervous system can become unregulated. It can be with an educator just through chronic um, overwhelm, yeah. chronic stress, constant overwhelm, which then leads you into a place of um, unregulated nervous system. So the messages that are going to your brain, the way that you're interpreting information um, it, it isn't really clear and you're working from the back part of your brain um, and the front part of your brain in, in an incorrect way. Mm. If I go into the science of it, it's going to get really confusing. So I'm, what I would just say to you is that the breath work allows you to come back into your body and calm yourself so that you're not um, feeling unregulated in your mind and your body. So the messages that are being sent from your brain to your body are then um, nice and clear and calm and you're able to come back into a, a calm state. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I really explained that very clearly then without becoming scientific. I just don't want to go there. Um, but basically for a child with an unregulated nervous system, they're not going to even be able to process their emotion or interact with other children or even probably feel comfortable sitting on the mat in a group because they're in a fight, fright, freeze state. So they either want to run, they're either really fearful or they're just frozen. They're not sure what to do. You see kids freeze a lot, yeah. but they just kind of stand there. They're not yeah. really sure where to go. Yeah. And that's because their nervous system is, is out of whack and we need to regulate that. So the breath work helps. Sometimes a little bit of patting on their body. So just coming over, touching, rubbing the back of their body slowly, deeply, so they then can start to calm and relax their body. Yeah. And then you can get them to breathe in and out. Then they've come back to that state and then you can help them work through what's going on, that calm yeah. state. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. I kind of look at it like a <laughs> highway, like your nervous system is like a highway and there's information that goes because your brain, and again I talk about this in the essential elements, but your brain has a, a covering in, in the meninges. So yep. when we've all heard of, you probably haven't heard of meninges, but everyone's probably heard of meningitis. So anything that's itis is a swelling of. So meningitis means that all of the sheath that's covering the brain is swollen and it's causing restriction um, and constriction around the brain, which is never good because the brain needs to be able to move and be active. But from the brain is every single nerve cell uh, nerve ending is connected somewhere into the brain those mm -hmm. those nerve endings are then connected to the meninges that cover the brain which then goes down the back of the head into the brain stem and forms into the spinal column uh, the, into the spinal cord rather so every when when you mm -hmm. look at a, a 
picture of a, 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 a nervous system, it then looks like roots of a tree coming off to everywhere. So how the, the spinal or the nervous system works, and it's the only thing that's fully encased in bone to protect it. So the spinal column is hollow, the nervous system runs down through that, and then through all the gaps in there is where the nerve endings come out. So it's like a highway. Information goes down, it gets sent out where it needs to go, the information comes back and shoots back up the nervous system into the brain. Happens quicker than you can blink. You think move your hand. Like that had to come from the brain, shoot down to my hand, come back to then make that movement happen. Like you can't even see it happening. We just know that that's what happens. Really phenomenal concept, isn't it? It's fascinating. And so then when when we become dysregulated, those that information isn't going where it needs to go. It's getting stuck somewhere. It's getting blocked somewhere. Um, quite often that's when people have um, spine issues, like they'll get a subluxation, which is a joint goes out of place. They'll get a scoliosis or they'll, their their body, you know, their hips will come forward. We'll see, see it through posture. Yeah. And, and for anyone looking at home, you can't look at home on the podcast, but I'm standing like an old person. You, your shoulders hunched forward, your hips tuck up, and you get that hunch back. So that's an intelligent decision by the body to bring the top and the bottom of the spine closer together. And you'll because, notice that in an anxious child, their shoulders yes. will be rolled. Yes. Their heart, they'll be in towards their heart instead of opened out. Yes. Yeah. And, just, yeah. and they put a cage around their back of their ribs become like a cage because it's like they're preventing, you know, that that discomfort coming in. They, they're protecting their heart, you know, that heart mm-hmm. centre. So it's, I mean, that was a little bit scientific too. <laughs> and, I, and you did what I wasn't going to do. Great. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> I, I just love talking about that stuff because. Yeah, it is really fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. When when things come in and, and information comes in, if we can't deal with that, our body will wall that off. Our mm-hmm. body, of that, if that highway gets too busy with too much information happening, and this is why sleep is so important for children and come at me because I will give you the scientific evidence as to why sleep is imperative for young children and educators having a good sleep yourself. Um, But when we don't sleep, that highway becomes like peak hour traffic in Manila, (laughs) in the Philippines or in the heart of LA or whatever. There's so much information on there that the brain literally just goes, can't deal with this. So what it'll try and do is it'll try and gather as much as it can and separate it from from the nervous system and get a chunk of those cars off that highway. But where does it, what does it do with that information? it keeps it separated and then you get a sore arm or a sore back or sore neck because, you know, that essential part of the highway has been missing and everyone, I don't know if that's making sense. I hope it is, but. It does to Yeah, it does yeah. to me. And I, and I, I get where you're going with that and with such enthusiasm because it is, it's pretty phenomenal when you can understand the science behind your body. Yeah. And why you should do, why you should do mindfulness basically. Whatever you want to call it holistic well-being yeah yeah it's 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 so important though and educators when you understand that 
you can look at a child in fear, fright, flight and fr- or freeze and be like, oh, I know what's going on. They're having a hard time processing this information. Let's just stop the world right now. Let's, like you say, that gentle patting. In a safe container for them. Yeah, yeah. You have the ability to do that. You have the awareness and you have, you know, a little bit of the knowledge, the deeper understanding of what's actually going on to be able to help them in that process to shift through that. So I think that's really important for for us to share that today. And thank you, um, even though, I did go where you didn't want to go. I think it was <laughs> that's a- okay. I, I like to keep things simple and not confuse people, but it is it's a really important concept to share. And I think that for me, from my perspective on that, is um, creating routines in your life with these practices. Um, and in Ayurveda, we call this Dina Cherry, but creating routines, same as we do for children in your life, as well as in the daycare setting is how you just regulate that nervous system constantly. And as we know, children thrive on a routine. So it's super simple to bring these concepts in because you've already got something established. Um, It's the same thing I really um, would 100% agree with you with sleep. If people are having trouble in their life, the first thing I'll look up with them is sleep um, because it, it really is, it's everything. Yeah. And especially with a child, they're really, some kids are very sleep deprived. I yeah. see it a lot. Um, and this is why relaxation is a really powerful tool for kids to learn how to sleep without a device, without anything, and also um, learn the value of knowing it's okay to lay down and relax. So that will bring me to a different concept altogether. But the teaching children to just relax with nothing but themselves Mm. and um they're actually quite good at it once you guide them into it they're actually very good at it even little little children because they crave it they crave it and teenagers probably crave it more than anything as we know their brain and everything that's going on with them and their growth at that stage it's almost like coming back to a toddler with the rapid rapid growth yeah so if the children in your care are growing every day and learning new things and language and um, physically as well, not just developmentally, their their physical, um, developmentally, I mean, their minds and their language, their communication. We have to give them the tools to relax. So taking that time to lay down and to feel into their body and teaching them that you're not sleeping, we're not sleeping now. We're just resting. We're just taking an opportunity to be with ourselves yeah. um, is is really important. And, and for the educators out there, super simple technique that you can do is just to do a body scan and to start with their head all to their toes and get them to relax their body part one by one um, and get them to lay still. And that's when you bring all the magic in. Yeah. As creative educators, you bring in, um, I use gemstones a lot or crystals, As you lay still, I'll place these crystals on you. And they will lay still because they want the crystals on them. Or, you know, you don't have to go down that path. You can just do something as simple as laying an eye mask on their eyes or on their body, something weighted to help them stay still. Or give them a teddy, the magic little teddy. Or I use all different things like little wooden butterfly might land on your hand if you lay still. Just to encourage them to be there. Yeah, and then once you've encouraged them to be there, they they will do it. Some children will just go, "Yes, I'm there." <laughs> Other kids will need, you know, our big movers, um, 
our, our, our children that uh, have that big energy and find it hard to be still, they yeah. really need it just as much as anyone else. We use all our tips our trips and our creative ways and I know your educators will have so many ideas there because that's you know that's their specialty yeah. um, and, and they know the children in their care they know what makes them what makes them tick so they know how to do that but just giving them that space in the day I know yeah. you have rest time sleep is important but also that's your breathing in and breathing out again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We talk a lot about that in the essential elements, the in in breathing and the out breathing, and how yeah. it's important to make sure they flow together, and you not got too much of one because, like, walking up a hill. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, unbalanced. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, it's interesting. So you, you've just given us one tip. I know you've got a couple more tips up your sleeve that educators can use. Um, to help with the children and for themselves can you share a little bit more with us okay of different techniques you can bring into your day yeah so so the first one I did before was the breath work definitely bring some breath work into your day the second one was your relaxation Um, Mm -hmm. you can put on guided relaxations insight time is a really great tool for that or you can just do what I said with the guided body scan Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm happy that I can share that with um, you Victoria you can send it out too if they want a script amazing so really easy for me to send that through to you. you um that always makes it easy when you don't have to think and you can just read through something as you learn yeah uh, and then of course it wouldn't be a mindful day without a bit of fun yoga so I will tell you that can't do some yoga it's grab a deck of yoga cards go outside and have some fun so Mindful Colon Kids have a beautiful set, I wish I had them here in my other room, um, of yoga cards. Um, they're, they're specifically for that age group that you're dealing with and they've got a beautiful poem on the back of each card. That's an easy and simple way for educators to bring yoga in without needing to know all the facets of it. So, yeah, spend some time because different poses obviously will bring different um, elements into what you're trying to to achieve. Lots of balancing and standing poses to bring focus. So children love tree pose. We all know tree pose. Yeah. Do you know tree pose, Victoria? Standing on one leg. Yes, she's doing it for me. And drawing the other foot up the the leg um, and then bringing your hands out into the shape of the tree because it's super fun. Um, And I don't know, everyone seems to be on Instagram doing tree pose. So it won't be a hard one for you to learn. The kids love that. It's grounding. It brings focus. Um, and another pose that I love doing with children is child pose. It's when you bring your forehead to the mat and you curl up and their bottoms are down on their heels. And I call that little mouse where they're all curled up and they're just in their little mouse house. And this is also really grounding and bringing that energy in. Yeah. So bring yoga poses in um, to your day is great. The physical benefits but also just being in that present moment. And you'll have fun as well. You just have a laugh. It's not serious. Yeah. We're not moving through a whole sequence of poses with the younger children. We're just having a playful time with them. It's so really grab fun. yourself some yoga cards. There's so many resources out there, but Mindful um, Cohen Kids, they have some beautiful products. Um, we'll link them into the show notes too. For yeah, the- absolutely. Um, what else can I say to you? Just being really aware of um, senses as well mm-hmm. is a very great, is an awesome mindful thing to do. So you can do that without it even being a structured time, even just around eating, smelling, 
noticing mm. the food, eating mindfully, taking our time, um, really chewing our food. Why are we doing that? It's great for our body to digest. Um, bringing that education through in each of your um, routine practices. Mm. So I think that's a really important one as well. It's a great one for the home too, because when you sit around the dinner table and you're eating mindfully, um, uh, you're having connection. Mm. You know that, you know, how eating around a dinner table and you do that in family daycare too, which is also really beautiful, yeah. is um, bringing connection into the home. We see it through cultures throughout the world. Eating a meal, a shared meal together is really important. So yeah. that's where you can bring in the mindfulness of the smells and the tastes and using your senses to become very aware of what's going on in your body and yeah. around you as well. I think that's a super important one. Plus, that's a nice one for at home too. Yeah. Because I know parents are busy. We all do this and we all do this. We do it in our house. We have the nights where yeah. we're allowed to sit in front of the TV and mindlessly eat, right? Just yes. cover it in. Not even <laughs> <laughs> we all do it there's no yeah. judgment around it yeah. what I'm saying is that you can bring mindfulness into your day really simply so create yeah. some time where you do that and in childcare setting it's super important that that's a daily practice that's part of their routine yeah. so you don't need to feel like oh this is another thing I have to do this mindfulness being present in the moment just do it through the routines yeah so noticing the food tasting the warmth of the food the texture the yeah. smells you can just have a conversation around it yeah um, I think that's really important it's what yeah. I really share too they love to share I love I love to see when educators actually sit with the children and eat their lunch with the children um I always worry when educators don't because they're like, oh, it's too busy, it's too busy, you know, and it's like, but hang yeah. on, why is a mealtime so rushed? Why mm -hmm. is it so busy? If, if you can consciously slow it down, there's no reason why you can't have your meal at the same time. Like if you've got little ones that need to be fed, give them some finger food that they can be eating the finger food while you're eating your lunch and helping other children at the same time. Like that's right. When, when you consciously go, no, this is going to be a relaxed time. It's going to be a, a period of connection between all of us. And we're going to get the most out of this and be like, have that family like experience. Cause I think that's missing a lot now. Um, I think, you know, parents are so busy and, their work times are staggered so they can both work full-time and manage the children and, you know, children yeah, are doing their best. Yeah, they're not, absolutely. There's no judgment on that. But if we can create that space where yes. we have this slowed down day, which I think is so important and so easy to achieve in family daycare, if we can have that, as an educator, you're nourishing yourself too at the same time as nourishing the children and bringing that mindfulness and that capacity for enjoyment at mealtime and a real sense of community, then you're ticking so many boxes, but it's more about having a lovely experience than ticking boxes. Um, I think, yeah, just I always wonder how educators are like, oh, I can't, I can't eat. I mean, I had children all ages in my care and that every mealtime we sat together and we would just enjoy each other's company 
And that's what it was. It's a really important thing. And also think about taking care of yourself as an educator. If you're not eating and you're not pausing and you're not taking breaks in your day, how are you feeling at the end of the day? I remember some days I would feel um, just like a train wreck, like I'd be hit by a train. Like, holy dolly, what happened today? Yeah. And yeah. if you're not taking care of yourself every day, long term, it will affect you. And in now it may not feel like that, but long term you will come to that place of burnout. If you want to yeah. be sustained in this industry, you need yeah. to be taking care of yourself. We know yeah. that saying you can't pour from the empty cup. It's really, really true. Yeah. It so really is. It is a gift to yourself. It's self-care. It's not about yeah. not having time. It's it's self-care at the end of the day. Yeah. And if a parent comes and things aren't what they like, then you explain that. I'm sitting with your child and being present. We're having a meal. This is part of family daycare routine. We're teaching yeah. the children to take care of their bodies. I'm taking care of my body because I'm eating nutritious food. This stems in the whole way through. I'm eating my lunch in primary school because I'm taking care of my body. I'm not leaving it and running off to play. Yeah. When we come to the teenage years and we get all this problem about self-esteem and it t- actually it starts way younger now, eight years, yeah. seven years, it goes even lower, unfortunately. Nutrition, I'm eating, it's a good thing. I'm loving my body. I'm taking care of my body. So it's yeah. a whole way through this one meal from a young age. Yep comes through the the whole way and this is how we've got to look at these practices what child um, good educators are doing for our future I mean you guys are amazing this is what the world needs and all these practices that you do daily and sitting down and eating with the children taking care of you teaching them this tool it's so important don't underestimate the little things no no it's all the I actually wrote I've got a masterclass on tonight and I actually wrote part of um, our masterclass is all around that whole process of uh, slowing down and it's all the moments that build up to the big wow moment, but we need to be looking at all these moments beforehand as super, super important. Oh, my gosh, Michelle, what a fabulous podcast. What so so much information that you have shared. It's just been incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much. Do you have any last things that you want to share um, before we sign off for today? Um, there's one little practice that I'd love to share with you that's Go really important. And Go. I would say really quickly, um, gratitude's become a buzzword, but it's a really great way to have a healthy mindset and it's a really powerful tool to teach our kids. When they're yeah. little, their gratitude will be, you know, what they say won't have much depth to it but sitting at the end of the day in a circle and just sharing something they love um, and then you can grow it as they get bigger into um, sharing what they're grateful for what they're thankful for as they grow older and they can learn this practice started really young yeah give them a chance to share yeah what they're grateful for then we make it age appropriate as well it's interesting isn't it because there's quite often there's a number of times where we do a circle either in a business meeting or, you know, with other educators at some point. And people find it really hard to talk about things that uh-huh. worked well, that mm-hmm. went well, that they're happy with, 
we can talk all day under the sun of everything that's not going right, but when, when it comes to being able to quickly think of the things that we're happy for, that worked well, that went well, that we want to keep doing, some people just get all choked up and they can't find it. So, And same with things that didn't work, you know, like some people find it really hard to think about things that didn't work, you know, so having that moment and bringing that awareness and and like flexing that muscle of gratitude and it is a flex you've got to keep doing it to keep getting the benefits out of it makes a big difference Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so lovely way to end your day but thank you for having me and letting me share what I love about mindfulness and how important it is in the early childcare setting and I know there's so much pressure on educators now to do all the things um, but it'd be great to see you having the opportunity to bring these practices into your the children in your care so that you can therefore take care of yourself as well as them yeah yeah it's amazing it is amazing but thank you the work you all do is is really really important don't let anyone feel that you know never undermine what you're doing every day is is so important taking care of our future absolutely i can't agree anymore and that's why I want to get people like you on because it's going to help educators to tune into that and drop into it and then slow down their practice so that they aren't getting burnt out so you know they're the ones that are yeah they've they've got to do that themselves absolutely stick it up near your doorway right on the wall how amazing you all are so you can read it every day I love it I love it absolutely (laughs) we'll do is we'll put your website in the show notes so people can get in touch with you and your social media so people can follow you and yeah and um yeah i I think it's just so fabulous um you've got the calm tools ebook too which will be out at some point so people can follow you and then they can um, get a hold of that as well (laughs) amazing well thank you so much michelle i really appreciate it you go forth and have the most fabulous day i shall do you too thank you for having me appreciate it my pleasure hi friend thank you so much for joining us today i hope you got a lot out of today's episode when we work on our own we can sometimes be in a silo so having new perspectives and different ways of looking at things is vitally important for the growth of our individual selves and our professional selves as well we love feedback so if you felt compelled to share what you thought of today's podcast we would love to read your thoughts you can leave us a review on apple podcast that helps our podcast to get out to the wider community and the more that hear what we have to share we think the better it is thanks so much friend we'll see you next time till then big love